MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can't reach me. You can't call me. You can't do any of that. You just have to watch me on rap shit. You have to watch me being great. You have to listen to my music. You have to see me on videos and TV. And guess what? You played. (laughs) Stay tuned. We'll get into my conversation with Chameleon right after these quick ads. Hey, Raindrops. So before I get into my interview with Chameleon from Issa Rae's created show, Rap Shit, on HBO Max, I first have to dive into the explosive season premiere of The Real Housewives of Potomac. And baby, this is all I have to say about that premiere. The girls are back. Now that is how you do a season premiere. If you're not watching The Real Housewives of Potomac, you are missing out on the best Real Housewives series of all the franchises. And just because I gave this show a compliment does not mean I'm shading the others. So save your tweets, (laughs) save your comments, This is no shade. Just because you get something a compliment does not mean you're dissing the rest. Carlos King is saying on record, the Real Housewives of Potomac, as of right now, is the best Real Housewives franchise. That premiere gave me everything I needed. I loved it. It was perfect. It's an A+++. It needs to be on the honor roll, on the dean's list. Give this show its much-needed flowers. That premiere was everything. Let's get right into it. Ooh! Carlos, calm down, girl. Calm down. Calm down. I'm near excited, but calm down. Yes. This is how much I just love reality TV and how much I'm a fan of other people's work. Because at the end of the day, as someone who creates shows and and produces shows and all that stuff, it doesn't mean that I think that, oh, I'm the only one, honey, who knows how to produce a show. Y'all know they in my spirit. I call things out like I see it, good, bad, or the ugly. 
And this baby was good. I just love how the show opened up with the force multipliers, Giselle and Karen. Going to a cute old picnic, baby. I love Karen and Giselle's relationship because, this is my opinion, I think they're in on the joke. I think Karen and Giselle in real life don't mind each other. I think they're like, we're cool. Are they best friends? No. No. But I think they have this camaraderie to where it's like, I see you, you see me. Our beef is good for the show and it's good for the fans. And what I love about Karen and Giselle, they don't take it home to them. I feel like when Karen and Giselle have an argument, I think they both leave the scene and they text each other, bitch, that was good. (laughs) That's how much they're invested in making the show great. And that's why Potomac is the best of the best because you have a cast of women who truly do understand the assignment. And regardless whether or not they agree, call each other a whore from Hampton, a funky box, or cheating on your husband, being drunk, like, they throw so many slanderous things (laughs) at each other. But the root of their friendship is based on the respect that Karen and Giselle are the force multipliers of the show. And they believe, at the end of the day, we're here for your entertainment. And I love that about them. Absolutely love it. So in this picnic, we learned that um, Miss Ashley looked great. And she talked about getting a divorce from Michael, filing for a divorce from Michael. I was confused. We're all confused. And I love Ashley. I got a chance to meet Ashley a few months ago when I got a chance to meet the rest of the Potomac ladies. Guys, Ashley is gorgeous. Gorgeous. I see why Michael is like, no, bitch, you got to stay with me. Ashley is fine. So the thing, though, that's confusing me based on this episode is I'm starting to think like, okay, Ashley, what's T? What's T? Is this a storyline that you're creating because you didn't have one last season? Are you and Michael really going through a divorce? Are you saying this, Ashley, because Michael is refusing to film? And in order for it to make sense why Michael Darby isn't filming this season, because the word on the street is Michael Darby did not film this season, I believe that Ashley created the storyline so that it can make sense why Michael Darby is not around. Yes, that's what I believe. I don't believe for a second they're getting a divorce, filing for a divorce. I think Michael is tired of being called these names, these accusations that comes his way. I think Michael Darby is like, I'm done with the show. And Ashley knows that if Michael Darby told the network and the production company that he wasn't filming, that more than likely her job would be on the line. So I believe that Michael Darby and Ashley conspired with each other and said, let's come up with this storyline so that it can make sense as to why I won't be around. And let's just tell people you're trying to divorce me, get a divorce. Like, all of that was weird. 
And the reason why it was weird is when you tell a lie, allegedly, you have to remember the lie. It's easier to remember the truth. When your story starts becoming Harry Potter (laughs) to where every chapter is a different story and a different moment, that's because you're telling a lie, allegedly. And I don't believe anything about Ashley and Michael Darby getting a divorce. The story about you guys being in Miami and there was a girl that you liked and he wanted to take her home. Look, the only thing I would say about that is this. I do believe that Ashley is over the threesomes because she now is a mother of two. And for all of my listeners who are mothers, you all can attest to the fact that a baby changes a woman. You know, she may not feel like being the happy person that she was prior to having the baby. I think Ashley is ready to put her, you know, threesome card down, and she wants to pick up the pacifier. You know, she wants to use her breast to feed her baby and not use her breast to feed another woman or another man, whatever floats your boat at the Darby household. So I I do believe that. I do believe Darby... (laughs) Not Darby, Lord. I do believe that Ashley is done being, you know, the fun, flirty, you know, sexy, you know, um, wife to Michael. You know, I believe she's done with her Anna Nicole Smith ways. I think Ashley wants more out of life. I think Ashley's looking to be on her, you know, Martha Stewart. I think she wants to stay home. She wants to be a mom. She wants to, you know, bake cookies. She wants to put Michael to bed inject him in in what he needs for medication, you know, the night nurse. I believe Ashley is done with that. So this whole storyline to me is going to get weirder and weirder because I just, I'm I'm not buying it at all. What I am buying though is Candace and Chris. Baby, that gave me some good old love and marriage Potomac tease. The way they argue in that car, when Ashley said to Chris, Who are you talking to, girl? Listen, we all know Candy Gal has a mouth on her. I did not know that Candace (laughs) also talks to her husband that way. That gagged me. I know they had arguments in the past, and, and Chris... By the way, I love Chris. I think Chris is such a good guy. I love Chris and Candace's marriage. I, I, I think they're made for each other. But your boy was definitely gagging when Candace was like, who the fuck are you talking to? You're not cussing at me, bitch. I loved it. I loved it. Candace said, I'm a black woman, and I would get blackity, black, black, black on you. I don't care what is going on. You would not talk to me that way. I love it. I love it. And I'm hoping that based on what we're seeing with Candace living out her dreams, being a performer, um, and and, and just being on tour, opening up for Faith Evans and SWV, and how she says she's just saying yes to all of these opportunities coming her way. That's big. Like, Candace was on our podcast last week, and she did mention that, listen, she prayed for this. She manifested this. So I'm happy that she is, you know living out her dreams. 
And the fact that she's smart enough to know, let me freeze my eggs so that when I do decide to have a kid later in life, at least I got that side done. So I'm 100% looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to seeing more of Cha-Cha. Yes, Sharice. Welcome back, bitch. Sharice, a.k.a. Cha-Cha, is back. And Robin, who I love, this is a call to action because I'm also wondering if this alleged marriage between her and Juan is going to happen. I'm concerned that this may have been a storyline that was needed because at the end of the day, you already married this man. So getting remarried to him should be as easy as one, two, three. And the math ain't mathin'. This is the father of your two boys. He is the love of your life. And yes, I do get the prenup thing. Like, listen, I'm on... Y'all gonna read me. I am on Robin's side. Like, if I, meaning Robin, had to sign a prenup and I was okay with it, then Juan, you should be able to sign one too. Period. Whoever is the breadwinner in the relationship, I think a prenup is necessary. I think it's necessary because at the end of the day, one thing I always tell people, when you are married to somebody, every 10 years, the husband and the wife, they both turn into different people. And you have to redate, relearn, reintroduce yourselves to your partners because the person you married is not going to be that same person 10 years from now or the 20 years from now or the 30 years from now. So although right now you may not think he or she wants your coins, baby, you don't know what's going to happen 10 years from now. They could be a monster and they could want all your money. And we've seen it happen to so many celebrities. So I am with Robin in terms of Juan signing a prenup. But of course, Cha-Cha on the Cha-Cha slide said, bitch, let me slide in real quick because Cha-Cha was awarded. (laughs) Cha-Cha was awarded half of her husband's earnings. And this may be a controversial statement, but I'll say it. Cha-Cha, you did not deserve half of his money. Deserve is a strong word. You deserve to be compensated for, you know, the time you spent. But half of this man's money? Yeah. I I would have to say that's a no. No. At all. Mm-mm. No way. Jose. Juan. Look out for that. Like, yeah. So, look. I'm with Robin. Robin, definitely get the prenup, girl. We know that Juan... Juan used to cheat on you. So I understand why you want to be a little bit more careful because if Juan slides his dick into another woman's vajayjay, yeah, he don't deserve shit. Okay? Mama Mia. Now, last season, I told the girls after the first episode that Mia was on her way of becoming a formidable housewife, that she is going to be a star. And I am happy to report that I was right. (laughs) I love seeing Mia. Mia's gorgeous. She's funny. She's whimsical. 
She's a little cuckoo in a good way, you know, but she she's fun to watch. And although she was giving me old Kim Zosiak vibes with this whole cancer story, like I'm not really understanding what's going on there. And I must admit that I definitely um, was confused by the post because I do follow Mia. I love Mia. I love G. I was confused by it. Cancer is such a very sensitive topic. A lot of people, including me, have lost loved ones due to cancer. And that's not a word you use lightly. Even if you felt that, you know, look, it was a scare. I just think wait until the full diagnosis results come back before you let the entire world on social media know about it. So that was something that I thought was a little interesting I'm not saying Mia was lying or looking for attention. Um, I do feel like a lot of people run to social media to tell their business before they tell people in their own household, honey. Remember, Portia Williams found out Cordell wanted a divorce based on social media, bitch. So that goes to show you a lot of people run to social media to tell their business before really having the opportunity to just, you know, sit still, dissect it, and figure it out. So we need to get back to keeping some things private while we understand the full scope of what's going on. So that part was confusing to me, but I was happy to see Mia back. And I was so happy to see Patricia, a.k.a. Peter Thomas. Peter Thomas is like a roach. No matter how many times you kill him, the motherfucker is going to rise up a wall and make sure he impregnates every single town that he's in. He truly is the king of reality TV. It was nice seeing Peter with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy, you look so gorgeous, so beautiful. I I, I love your new look. And you know, I love me some Dr. Wendy, but I got to keep it all the way real. Dr. Wendy, I'm also concerned you're giving us um, a storyline with no merit. I mean, your first season, you was a doctor. Your second season, you was a candle maker. Now your third season, you're a restaurateur. Like, I, 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 honey, I need to be able to hone in and marvel in one business before you hop on another. So, Dr. Wendy, you know I love you, but we need to focus on one business at a time. Thank you so much for the candles you provided the king. I love it. It smelled good. I really wanted you to be Martha Stewart. So one thing about me and my audience, we really do follow people's storylines that they set up, and we want to see the full picture of it, the end result, if you will. So Dr. Wendy is giving very Dorit in terms of this business, how Dorit was wanting to own a restaurant and Miss Thing fucking decorated the corner of an Italian restaurant. And then the next season, she's doing wedding dresses. And then this season, she's up Kyle's ass. So, Dr. Wendy, I wanted to see you be the Martha Stewart who had a candle line. Maybe, you know, some body scrub. Maybe vegan deodorant. Maybe bidding. You know, like, I, I I wanted to see more of that. So I'm a little confused with the restaurant business, but it is the first episode. Thank you for bringing Peter Thomas back to our screens, though. But 
do not be like Dorit, where the end of the season, all we saw was a fucking corner of a restaurant, okay? If you're going to do this shit, Dr. Wendy, I need the full fruition to come to life before the finale. Okay. Now, (sighs) Giselle. Giselle Bryant, who I like to call Giselle Kobe Bryant. Yup, I said it. Giselle Bryant is the Kobe Bryant of Housewives. Yup, I said it. I don't care. Y'all can be mad at me if y'all want to. In terms of who's activating right now on all cylinders on every single Housewives franchise that's currently airing, I'm not saying of all time, I'm saying based on the most recent season on every single Housewives, Giselle is the Kobe Bryant of Housewives. Okay, currently. Thank you, currently. So Giselle Kobe Bryant, she's did a work. She is the executive producer, the consulting the producer. She's the gaffer. She's the lighting director. She's the production assistant. She caters the meals. She... <laughs> point, based on the first episode, and yes, breaking news, I am going to recap every single episode of Potomac, because I can already tell you guys it's going to be good. So, as of the first episode, the name of the show needs to be Giselle Kobe Bryant featuring the Real Housewives of Potomac, because for this woman to be all up in everybody's business in one episode... I cannot wait to see what you're going to give us for the rest of the season. Not only is she questioning Ashley's divorce, rightfully so, when Ashley walked in, like, what y'all talking about? Here goes Giselle Kobe Bryant. Girl, we're talking about you. (laughs) I know that's right, Giselle. You said, look, bitch, the clock is ticking. The camera guy has 30 minutes before he has to go on a lunch break. So let me get this scene in. And I know some of y'all think, like, Carlos, that's not great. Like, you need to be in the moment. I disagree. I like it when a cast member clocks in and knows that, baby, I have a certain amount of time to make a good scene that's rooted in reality. And that's what she was doing. So the fact that she told Ashley, yeah, we're talking about you, bitch, and this weird divorce, what's going on? Love that. Then she goes to the bar to speak to another woman. Dr. Wendy, looking gorgeous, tries to speak to Giselle. (laughs) When Giselle said, don't touch me, you can't touch me, I'm amazing, I feel good. I love that. I love that. Because on no day, and I'm on Giselle's side with this one, if I have a problem with you, and the beef that we have is really deep, there is no way you can even touch my skin. I am going to back that ass up like juvenile and step away. So the fact that Giselle's immediate reaction is, bitch, get away from me. You can't touch me. All that shit you said about me and my family, girl, bye. I loved it. I loved it. There's no way anybody is able to touch you or hug you if you have a problem with that, especially 
for the stuff that was said. So Giselle, I am with you there. But because Giselle also knew, okay, I clocked Ashley's tea. I just shooed away Wendy. And you would think that after that, the EP of the show would think like, okay, my job is done. But no. Because when you're Giselle Kobe Bryant, you want to always win. You want to shoot another three-point shot. And then Mama Mia walked in. And Giselle, look, Giselle, you need to get a raise. Um, if I were you, I would tell them to um, make sure you you get a raise. Because, yeah. Okay, anyways. Um, <laughs> so when Mama Mia walked in, Giselle Kobe Bryant says... It's not funny, but it is funny. Oh, you look good for I have cancer. I don't have cancer. Bitch, I bitch, I, I passed out. I passed out from Mar- Mariah Carey's exhaustion tease. Like, I was done. Who says that? This is what cancer or no cancer looks like? Giselle, you are a fucking fool. Who says that? Giselle, what is wrong with you? You are nothing short of spec. Like you, you're, you're, you're amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing. To all of the current housewives, please watch Giselle Bryant in this episode. And that's how you do a scene. That's how you make a season premiere epic. Who says that? This is what cancer, no cancer looks like. And Mama Mia caught that shade and said, bitch, I'm going to check you, so fuck you. And I'm pretty sure Giselle probably was like, okay, wrap cameras. You guys can go home because, ladies and gentlemen, we have a scene. Yes! So I cannot wait until the next episode. My favorite Housewives franchise is back. And this giddy boy is going to give some great recaps as long as these women continue to give us some great scenes. So my thanks goes to Giselle, Karen, Ashley, Robin, Candace, Dr. Wendy, Mia, and the production. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That is how you clear a bitch. Okay! And now, without further ado, here is my conversation with Chameleon. We got Chameleon in the building, Raindrops. What up, Doe? Oh, that's good. <laughs> you tell me, you're giving me very 90s hip-hop ode to the greatest female MCs of all time, Little Kim. Foxy Brown, baby. How you doing, Chameleon? You know, iconic, legendary things on me, you know? <laughs> Speaking of iconic and legendary, your character, Mia, on Rap Shit is just that. I love the show. I got a chance to binge the whole thing because I like to binge shows in one setting because I'm very impatient so I was like, uh-uh, Issa racist. You can't drop a, a episode or two every Thursday at 9 o'clock, sis. Like, a girl has to, like, sit in one setting and binge all of the episodes. And I did just that. And the show is phenomenal. And so are you. So talk to me about the character Mia 
and how you were able to be a part of this phenomenal series. Oh my gosh, the character Mia, she's just, she is life. She gives what is supposed to be gave. She is, um, I think, a relatable character on the show. Um, you know, she brings the spice, she brings the party, she brings the life. She also, um, you know, shows her vulnerability, you know, and I just think that this character that was written and created by Issa was very much needed, you know, and we don't find these type of characters in that, in this type of space. So, yeah. No, and what I love about it is we don't really see a lot of scripted shows talk about the history of the city of Miami, especially as relates to hip-hop. We we know about New York, even Detroit, which is my hometown, but you don't really hear about the essence of hip-hop as it relates to the city of Miami. And I know you are a Floridian, so talk to me about the importance of you not only tapping into this character, Mia, but also making sure that the essence of Miami hip-hop was at the forefront, too. Well, for me, like, even to be able to represent a character from Florida was, like, phenomenal to me because, you know, of course, like, the greats of hip-hop, you know, they're from up north, but we have a heavy, rich history in music as well, you know, just from Florida, especially in Miami. And some people who were really unsung, who have, you know, haven't gotten their chances, who are influenced the people who people know popularly that have come from the city of Miami, you know? So it's like... For the viewers, because I have a lot of family in Miami. So for the viewers to see like certain places and certain neighborhoods that were highlighted that gets, you know, no attention. No, you know, a lot of people don't know that when they come to Miami, they go across the bridge. It's not about South Beach, you know, all the time. Like Miami's like a a like a it's like a gumbo, you know, it's a it's a real gumbo. And we have a we have a rich a rich history. So um I just think it was really cool. And I saw even on Twitter, like a lot of people applauding Issa for doing so. And even if she didn't know, she she sourced out the people who know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> oh, we know, honey. And chameleon, you're what the fuck is going on, hunty. Cause period, bitch. Because the thing about it is this. I am a city girl fan. I do consider myself a city boy. I don't, like, scam anybody. I'm in a relationship. But, you know, back in the day, 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 when I was a young tenderoni, my Elliot's name was Cortez. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so my alter ego, Cortez, I was in the streets of New York. Wait. Figuring- <laughs> oh, my God. I just shed a tear in these glasses. This is funny. <laughs> this is hilarious. So, so look... Chameleon, this was your boy. So, you know, this back, I was about 20s girl. So I was like, really like that that boy. So you was seducing so, a scheming. Oh no. So like take your man, you know, was it was a theme song that I, you know, now know that's what we were doing. We would only talk to guys that had a coin. Sometimes he was an older gentleman who, you know, was divorced from his wife and came out the closet later in life. So knowing that city girls, okay, young Miami and JT are both EPs of the show. What was it like to have them a part of it? Like, did you model yourself after one of them, Young Miami in particularly? Did they give you advice? Or what was that process of having them be a part of the show? For Young Miami and JT to have themselves attached to this, I think just for, you know, the hip-hop community to really, first of all, tune in and be like, 
hold up, like, what? Like, the city girls are doing something other than music? Like, okay, they got their hand in TV. And then when you see the story being told, um, it's not like the complete life story of them, but it's like, you know what the city girls have gone through from being locked up from Carisha, you know, losing her baby daddy or just being a, you know, a single mother, seeing her work and climb the charts, you know, having a son. And, you know, so it was very loosely based, like, you know, the the situations that the characters went through loosely based around their lives. And I think it brought some validity, you know, and it kind of made, you know, you get, you use the comparison, you know, so, and even people who really don't watch TV, they're like, oh, the city girls, let's tune in. You know, so I think that was important for them to be involved in the project, even just with a story about two girls in this generation. And I think that was so smart of Issa to really, you know, tap them to be a part of this project. Speaking of Issa, one thing that was smart of her is she recently went on Drink Champs. And, you know, girls, sometimes when you're on Drink Champs, they get you liquored up, sis, and they make you say some crazy things. But our good sis Issa is a professional, and she kept it together, honey, okay? During that interview, though, Chameleon, she said that you are a star. How did it feel for you to hear that from somebody that is really becoming, you know, this media mogul on her own right, knowing that she tapped into you, cast you for this show, and she really does think you are, like, a star? Like, to know that that word is being used with your name. Well... When I, I, I got the information, it's like when I woke up, like my artist relations person, he hit me. He was like, look at this. And I I clicked the link and I was like, oh, my God. Like, not only is she, you know, telling the, the world about me, but she thinks I'm a star and she's talking about me on these platforms. This is a lady that I look up to. This is a woman who is like the new Oprah of our generation, you know, even bigger. Like, she's really employing people, putting on and really walking the walk, not talking the talk. And so for her to say, to single me out and say, you know, Camille's a star, that meant the world to me. Like, that meant the world to me, you know? And I just recently met Nori at the BET Awards this weekend, and I got the chance to actually meet him, and he was just saying the same thing. And it's just, it's surreal. Like, he's a legend in hip-hop, you know? So it's just like, wow, like, girl. And it really just makes me be like, keep going. Like, I got to do, I got to keep putting points on the board because, you know, a lot of people get comfortable when they feel like they've made it or they feel like, you know, okay, yeah, I'm a star, but I now I got to keep shining. You know, now the shine got to get crazier. I got to create constellations with this shit. I got to be a, now I got to be a planet. I got to be a solar system. Like, you know, so it just really inspires me to keep going, you know? <laughs> no, and you're, listen, honey, you're going places. And one of the things I love about you, Chameleon, is the fact that, you know, a lot of us, met you for the first time being a love and hip-hop Miami. You know, this reality show that had legends like Trick Daddy and Trina. And we saw you, you know, come out of your shell and really show us your personality. What made you want to get into that show? Was it because you saw the success of Cardi B and K. Michelle that you thought, like, if I'm able to be part of this franchise, maybe my career can be skyrocketed like theirs? To be honest, like, I never wanted to be on Love & Hip Hop. Even, like, before then, they wanted to bring me on the show. And I'm a cancer. I'm very private. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, for, like, I always say to people, I'm not for everybody. 
you know? So it's like, to be on a, a reality show, everybody's, you know, getting a chance to form these opinions about you, you know? So when I got the opportunity to be on there, it was during the time where I had my, my records work for me. Um, it was getting, it kept getting snatched down from like streaming platforms because they didn't want to like, um, you know, approve the the interpolation um, from the song for me. But, you know, I continued to go. I was on tour. So it was like, it was a perfect time. I had something really valid that I wanted people to know, like, hey, I'm this girl out of Florida. I'm still an independent artist. I'm still making these big waves and moves. People think that I have a whole team behind me, but it's really me and a couple of people that support me. And this is how we did it. So it was like, that was really like my story at the time. And I just thought it was a, you know, a good opportunity to do that. But even when we were filming and a lot of things were going on, I made sure that I was never really tied up in a whole bunch of crazy ass drama because I knew that my platform but one day be bigger, you know? Um, and I'm not a messy ass bitch. Like, I'm just, I just do me. And, you know, if people come for me or, you know, things happen, you know, we're going we gonna to handle it head on. But, like, for me, it's about the art. It's about entertainment. It's about making my family proud. And it's about making a living. You know, it's not about making another black woman look crazy or none of that. Now, if, if that happens in the midst of what's going on, I'm going to always stand my ground. But, you know, that's not what I got on TV to do. Because at the end of the day, I still got to live a life and I know I have a bigger blessing coming in. So, you know, that's that's how I, I mentally always kept in mind even when I went on the show. When you were on the show, we saw a lot of ups and downs in regards to your personal life. And one of those situations was with Briscoe. And you publicly talked about obviously being pregnant by him and making a tough decision of having an abortion. You know, you're very honest about that. When you were going through that, especially being tied to this show, was it difficult for you to talk about that publicly and to show the world what that was like for you? Well, I felt like, I always feel like if you start something, you got to finish it. You can't act like it's not an elephant in the room. So it's like, okay, if I, if we were going to bring it to the reunion and people are coming to my page, you know, asking me all kind of questions. At the end of the day, I'm not going... I know how it... Like, if I was watching somebody's life on television and they and they left a cliffhanger, I'm going to want to know what's going on because now I'm invested in your business because you bought it to a platform, you know? And the, the day that it came on TV, like, I had found out so many other things, like, about this man. Like, even though... I, I It's so crazy. I never knew... I never equated, like, Briscoe to, like the guy who made the songs in from Miami that pe- people that were legendary. You know what I'm saying? I was just hearing that, you know, all these other things about him. But, you know, I got to know him and he was cool. You know what I'm saying? But um, it's just a real situation because girls go through it. Like, things happen. Like, girls have abortions. Like, and it's and even right now with, with what's going on, you know, with the government trying to tell women what to do with their bodies. Like, certain situations are not, right to bring children in the world, you know? And even though I didn't want to do that, it was just like, I waited out the time to have a kid and I'm not with the guy. I'm finding out all kind of stuff, you know, about him personally that I don't agree with. I'm not just trying to be, no, we're not going to do that. So, you know, I did what was best for me. Um, he didn't agree with it. He did not want, he actually just had a baby last year. Um, and it's so crazy because I'm like, how is she doing? Her name is Brazil. And, you know, <laughs> he's all like he'll call me like randomly and he'll be like, You ain't checked up on your girl yet. I'm like, I hope y'all doing good, you know. But you know, yeah, I had to do what's best for me, 
you know, and I had a, a whole different journey and a whole different mission. And when I do decide to have my child, I know it's going to be the best situation for me with the best man that's going to be the best father for my kid and the best situation. So, but I definitely had to, I had to speak on it because girls go through it all the time. You know, it's, it's not something that doesn't happen. No, and that's the reason why I wanted to bring it up, only because I know you talked about it. But in addition to the fact that you're right, you know, where we're at in this world with Roe v. Wade being overturned, and now in certain states, you have to travel to other places to get an abortion because it's not legal in those states. Like, what? It's crazy. That is so crazy. Yeah, no, it's a very scary time for women. And one thing I love about you, love, is the fact that you are so super transparent with who you are. And I think that's the reason why a lot of people relate to you and support you and love you. Because what we saw in Love & Hip Hop Miami was this hustler that was going through, like I said earlier, a very tumultuous relationship with this guy. But we all saw this ambition that you had. And it's no surprise to us that you are now making it. And I'm pretty sure he has a lot of regrets, sis. It's so funny, like two months ago, I got this text message from a random number. He was, And it was like, why you don't call me no more? Why you don't check in on me? And I'm like, looking, I'm like, who is this? And he was like, brisk. And I was like, what? I, we don't keep in touch. Like, we talk when we talk, but like, but you must see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> you must be seeing what's going on, you know, but I wish him the best. Like, we have no bad blood at all, but it was just like, boy, come on now. <laughs> no, I love I love it. One thing I always tell people, Chameleon, and I'm going to give this to you, because, <laughs> you know, I've broken up with guys before, and I've been dumped too. And one thing I always say is, at the end of the day, all my exes get to see me on TV. <laughs> Listen, you don't have the pleasure of being able to call me no more, being able to access me. The only way you're going to be able to see me is if you turn on HBO Max every Thursday. So you can't see me right now, but next season you'll be able to see me. Or go to my Instagram page, because that's it. The access is denied. Yeah! No, honey, look, sis, that's the best thing about this game and, and just the game of life. You never know how those tables, bitch, are going to turn. And they have. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. <laughs> Before... <laughs> so let me ask you this. Do you have any regrets doing that show? I don't. I don't. I think... Love Hip Hop is hip hop culture at the end of the day. Hip, it brought Cardi B, K. Michelle, you know, you got Dream Doll, you got me, you know, you got so many people, Spice, um, that people just discovered um, that they fell in love with, that are, that are moguls right now, that are making money and inspiring the culture. So at the end of the day, like, it's not easy to get on TV and put your life on the line because, see, some of the people in the comments... They be talking shit and they are going through worse things. And they would go crazy if anybody ever find out the dust that are is hanging on the, the, the skeletons in their closet. You know, so for people to be able to make this a show and turn it, turn those things into millions of dollars, multi-millions of dollars, and to like get on platforms and become something, I think it's so great. You know what I'm saying? So everybody can't do love and hip hop. <laughs> everybody can't do it. No, no. Mm -mm, no, it's, it, listen, not everyone can do reality television. As the king of reality TV, boop. <laughs> right, crown, legacy, 
ownership. <laughs> Period. Yes. <laughs> but I always tell people, I am very protective of my reality stars because it's not easy to give the world your life and your authentic personality and you're shooting 12 hours a day, six days a week. It's a long-ass schedule. So I just love the fact that you were able to use the platform of reality TV and then transition into starring in an Issa Rae production, a scripted show. Was it difficult for you to transition into unscripted to scripted? No, it wasn't. And I think that the character helped a lot. Um, just who the character was. And I feel like this is what I was supposed to be doing. You know, this was my destiny. So it felt really like, it felt like water. It felt, and and it was no pressure. Like working around, like Issa, the environment that she creates, the people that are around her. Like if you ever just hung around her, everybody around her is somebody that she's known from her past, like her friends, you know, and then even from there, like the people from Insecure, the, these are people who you've seen on screen that she brings back for other projects. So it's like the the work atmosphere that she creates is very, it's not a stressful atmosphere. So even the first day that I came on set, and I don't know if you guys remember this in rap shit, I was on my lunch break. Mia was on her lunch break and she had on the black. And she was like, did I tell y'all about that one time this nigga tried to... Um, uh, what did she? What did, what did Mia say? It, basically, she was talking about a dude trying to marry her with um, having debt, and that was my first scene. And we were on South Beach, and it was like a whole bunch of people walking by, and I was like, "Oh shit, the East is gonna be watching us." So I'm like saying my lines, and I'm forgetting them, and I'm like, "Oh my god, like." What, what am I going to do? Like, I'm so sorry, Issa. She's like, girl, stop saying sorry. She's like, you're good. Just relax. Just do you. And I was like, all right. <clears throat> Let me tell you about this one time. This nigga tried to marry me. with, And it, it just like came. And I'm like, okay, this is like, they're waiting on me. This is my moment. Girl, do your thing. And from that, I never had a problem no more on set. Like, it was smooth. <laughs> now, sis, this is me telling you this. Number one, no one could play that role but you. I cannot picture anyone playing Mia but you. It was literally like Issa watched Love and Hip Hop Miami and said, let me take this bitch, create a scripted show from her, right? And and do it. Because when I watch rap shit, the moment you are on screen, something happens to where it's just like it's the Mia show. And, and I'm just stuck on Mia. And I'm stuck on what you're bringing because you just remind me of the girls I grew up with. You remind me of the girls that are out right now in terms of, you know, you play this single mom who's just trying to make it and you're hustling and then you're dibbling, dabbling with your baby daddy because you're like, you know, that's still my baby daddy. There's a connection there. Like, you're just so relatable and, and fun to watch. Woo, y'all know I hate to interrupt, but we'll get back into my conversation with Chameleon right after this quick break. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into my conversation with Chameleon. So, congratulations on a second season. The first season had a cliffhanger, sis. We saw something maybe going on with the group, and something maybe going on with you and the baby daddy. So, I don't want Issa Rae to call my phone and tell me to um, not air this interview because you gave too many secrets away. So... What can you tell 
the listeners and the fans of Rap Shit, what can we expect second season from Mia? Let's start there. What I can tell you is the shit gonna be hot, okay? It's gonna be hot. The shit gonna be hot. The mess is gonna roll. And the rate isn't gonna be higher than the first season. That's what I can tell you. But shh, don't tell nobody, I tell you. Okay, we won't, we won't. So talk to us about what's next for you because I'm telling you, sis, you are on your way. And I really do want you to take that in and understand that I, I mean that from the heart. And one thing my listeners know, I don't lie. I really, I, I see stardom in your future. So is there other projects you got going on, sis? Can we expect some new music from you, girl? Because you can wrap your ass off. Yes. Actually, I have two new film projects coming up that I'm about to be a part of. Um, yeah, I'm so excited about that. And in one of them, I'm actually co-creating with the company who's already, yeah, the the story is already there. Um, We're just getting ready to pitch it. And I'm just like, wow, they saw me on rap shit. And they're like, we want this black woman's voice. And we also want you to star in it. Um, So yeah. And then there's another, another universal film. It's just a lot of stuff going on. Like God is really good and opening up doors for me. And I just want to be the example for, for, for the girls in Jacksonville, like from where I'm from, because we like, like Woody, Woody came out of Jacksonville as well, you know, and but we've never had like a female to come out and just really go from like the streets to like Hollywood, you know. So uh, I'm definitely excited about that. I'm working on my I just finished my new album. We get ready to release the new single and I can't wait. And this project is like my lick back because I feel like I've been I've been like a poster child for the underdogs. And it's like it's underdog season right now. And I'm finna talk my shit and I'm finna pop my shit. And, you know, I, it's like I, I'm i very humble. And I think sometimes when you're too humble, sometimes you get overlooked, you know. But it's like you got to pop your own shit sometimes. If the girls ain't going to talk it for you, you got to talk your own shit. So, yeah, I'm doing all of that in this new album. And my lick back to all my exes who, you know, who played with me, to the people who never gave me an opportunity and looked down on me and they overlooked me. This is for you, you know. Congratulations. <laughs> you are finally, you don't have any more, you know, you know, you, you can't reach me. You can't call me. You can't do any of that. You just have to watch me on rap shit. You have to watch me being great. You have to listen to my music. You have to see me on videos and TV. And guess what? You played. <laughs> and that's all I have to say. Well, to all your exes who are listening now, Yasha had never played with my girl. Now you got to watch her every Thursday, 9 o'clock, when season two comes back out, Rap Shit, HBO Max. Two movies in the works, honey. One she's co-creating and a new album, honey. It's going to be the the hip-hop version of Lemonade. Yes! (laughs) So, I need to do this before you go. I, and this this is true tea. I don't think a lot of people know this about me. I am a female hip-hop connoisseur. No cap. I love female rappers. Love. My, the first album, this is so funny. The first hip-hop album I ever purchased was Lil' Kim's Hardcore. And here I am, sis. I'm 17 years old, just graduating high school. And before then, I was popping Brandy, Aliyah, Monica, and Destiny Child. But honey, Lil' Kim came, and I was like, my world turned upside down. So I love Kim, 
Foxy, Eve, Queen Latifah, Light, Nikki, Cardi, you know, Meg. I love, I love female rappers. So we got to do this before I let you go. In no particular order, because I don't need the girls to be trying to throw shade. So in no particular order, because I'm going to do it too, sis. So you and I go do this together. Top five greatest female MCs of all time. In no particular order. Lauren Hill. Okay. Missy Elliott. Mm-hmm. Lil' Kim. Nicki Minaj. Mm-hmm. And Chameleon. Yeah! <laughs> Yo, shit! Yeah. <laughs> I love it! I love it. Put us on Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore. Okay, I love that. I love that. So that's Chameleon's top five, no particular order, of uh, the greatest female MCs. And of course, my sis had to put herself in it, and I stand for that. Okay, so here's my in no particular order. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Nikki, Kim, Foxy, Lauren, and Eve. <laughs> yeah. And you okay. know why I love E? Because how she transitioned from from yes, from music yes. to TV. And then she married a billionaire and she said, fuck y'all. <laughs> the bitch with ghosts. She said, bye. <laughs> um, sure. I'm just gonna be over here with my rich ass husband. Y'all gonna have to, you know, uh stream me. <laughs> Shout out to yes, e. yes. She she listen. She first of all, let me say Trina. Let me just let me just speak on Trina real quick. Trina is my mentor. Like she's one of the the first and really like the the only legends that really like. If I ever had a down moment, if I ever needed to talk to her, whatever I'm going through, like she always is like, girl, you got it, girl, you can make it, like. And I just, even like this past weekend, they honor her at the BET Awards. Like, she's so deserved that because she's, and then she's never been catty. She's never, even when girls have talked about her and continued to have her name in her mouth, she never spoke on it. Because at the end of the day, when you a queen and you in your lane and you doing you, you ain't looking at what's, what's on somebody else's plate. She always welcomes the new girls. And I, I love Trina for that. Like, and she the baddest bitch and she will always be. And in Florida, like us girls coming up, that's what we looked at, like, like, you know, like sexual empowerment. It don't it don't always mean having sex and slutting yourself out. Like sexuality has nothing to do with that because a lot of women, they have sexuality, but they don't know how to control it. They don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to 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 put that energy into like, you know, videos and stuff like that. And just she did that. Like she was she was she was our example, the girls from the South. Like she was our example. And I love Trina for that. No, I do too. I I love Trina. Trina, much love to you. And I need for us, Chameleon, to do a quick freestyle. Oh my God. Because I love female rappers, I consider myself to be, you know, an MC. I could do a I could do a high 16. <laughs> but Chameleon, you need to give me a rap name. So if I was a rapper. Okay, I'm the king of reality TV. But if I was a rapper, what should my rap name be? Mr. Pop My Shit. <laughs> okay, so really quickly, I'm going to spit a few bars. Okay, you want me to go first? Or you want to go first? You go first. <laughs> so listen, 
I'm gonna try my best, okay? So let's just like, <laughs> you know. Okay, hold on. Mm. Uh. 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 Uh-uh. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 okay, okay. okay. Mm. Let me get the beat. Uh. It's Mr. Pop Your Shit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, uh, ah, wait, 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 I did it again, wait, 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 okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, uh, hold on, okay, I'll, I'll start it, I'll start it, You start it, first, start okay, it. go ahead. I said, uh, hoes be popping that shit, stank rough, they need a tic-tac, saw me on rap shit, yeah, I got my lick back. Yes! Okay, 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 you inspired me, okay, okay, okay. You wanna be me? Uh-uh, uh-uh-uh. You better see me. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Not in these streets. No, no, cause I'm in the industry. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You wanna be me? I know. But guess what? You can't fuck up with this flow. Yeah! <laughs> Carlos King got the glow. Stop playing. <laughs> oh my god! My cherry has been popped. I am a label. What's good, Issa? I mean, sign your boy. I want a guest star on rap shit. So listen, season two, Carlos King needs to make a guest appearance because he is going to give Mia a reality show that's part of her storyline, and I'm going to be there producing her in episode three. So Issa, if you're listening, HBO, I know you want her too, sis. So make it happen. Okay, so Chameleon, all jokes aside, this was a very fun interview. Oh, my God. Chameleon, look, I am so happy that you got a chance to pop my MC cherry. <laughs> You're the first to ever do it, okay? You know, so thank you for that. But all jokes aside, thank you so much for coming on Reality with the King. Rap shit, new season coming out soon on HBO Max. But tell my listeners, my raindrops, where they can find you, follow you, and support you. Yes. I, I enjoyed myself with you kicking it. You know, um, you can find me on Apple Music. Make sure you stream my music. Um, Spotify, um, especially Instagram. I'm always on Instagram um, at I-T-S-K-A-M-I-L-L-I-O-N. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Twitter now. Um, I'm on HBO Max, you know, if you want to catch up. Um, I'm everywhere. BT um, Hip Hop Awards this weekend, and um, I just I, I'm so looking forward to 2023. And you know, I feel like we're gonna get Emmys, we're gonna get Oscars, we're gonna get Grammys, we're gonna get all kind of stuff. So just make sure y'all tap in, tune in, and stay and stay locked to the rawest bitch out of Florida. Period. Yes, HBO Max Rap Shit Season Two coming out soon. Yes! I bust a freestyle! Call me MC Lowe's or Big Lowe's. I gotta figure out my rap name, guys. You must help me out with what my rap name is going to be. So make sure y'all tweet me and hashtag reality with the king. 
and let me know what rap name should I go by. And Issa Rae, if you're listening, yes, honey, I'm serious. I would like to guest star on season two of Rap Shit, and I would like to play myself as Carlos King gives the character Mia her own reality show. Yes! And if you haven't watched Rap Shit yet, make sure to binge all eight episodes on HBO Max. And keep an eye out on her album that's coming out. She's going on tour. Baby Chameleon is going places, and I'm so happy she decided to stop by Reality with the King to chop it up with us. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcast. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag RealityWithTheKing. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley-Brown. We are also produced by Lashik Lotus-Lee and LaPorsha Thomas. Additional production support by Corinne Wallace and Alexis Williams. Engineering and music by Marcus Hong. More sauce.